0: a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by loss. See terms and
1: conditions. 18+. Ford, Rosho Nesterovich, and the 17th pick in tomorrow's NBA draft. Again, this all is pending a physical. There you look at the trade. O'Neal going to the Raptors, the Pacers, getting the two players back, and the 17th pick, NBA Draft Thursday, 7 Eastern on ESPN. To talk about this trade, we bring in ESPN the Magazine's Chris Broussard, who joins us. Chris, what was the motivation for both sides to make this move?
2: Well, for Toronto, it really signifies a sea change in the way they've played. You know, they've always been, you know, since Brian Colangelo's been there, kind of a wide-open team, spread the floor, uh, a lot of perimeter play. Now they're going to be more of a physical half-court team. When you talk about Jermaine O'Neal at the center, Chris Bosh at the four, Andre Bargnani, who still got a lot of potential, he'll be backing up the four and five spot, can even play some of the three spots. So that's basically three seven-footers they could put on the front line. That's a style – Sam Mitchell likes, and then really they wanted to get rid of T.J. Ford because they have Jose Calderon who really played at an all-star level when Ford was out last year, so they they looked like they improved themselves quite a bit. Uh, for Indiana, the, you know, they weren't going anywhere with Jermaine O'Neal. He's been hurt, you know, missed most of you know, the last few seasons, and they've really been able to play well without him. Their record's been close to the same without him.
3: It is Sportsfeld story time. We are turning the clock back to 2007. The Toronto Raptors, last time we spoke, had just dropped a series to the New Jersey Nets. Uh, a errant entry pass from Jose Calderon, who was coming off an injury, snatched up by Prime Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, and the Nets move on. They would go a little deeper than the Raptors, of course. They beat them. They would go all the way. not no, just one year longer than the Cavs would snuff them out. For the Raptors, however, the very next year, they would continue on their winning ways, 41 and 41. You listen, back in the day, things were different. You went 500, uh, you finished second year division, and you easily made the playoffs in 2008. That's how how the East worked in 2008. The Celtics went 66 and 16. The Raptors, 41 and 41. Some small storylines, of course, the Celtics, that is the big three year. That is the year that those Celtics ended up teaming that team together. Not a huge amount of changes for the Raptors as a team. Carlos Delfino. Remember Carlos Delfino?
1: I do remember I like Carlos Delfino a lot. I think it's funny. Sorry, just to get into the off-season a little bit. It's funny how off-season impressions have changed as Raptor fans in the last decade. How like the big signing that everyone was like, yes, in this offseason was Jason Capono.
3: Oh man, I remember what, exactly where I was. They signed him the moment free agency opened. They signed him.
1: Yeah, we were like, that's exactly what we need. And it's a good thing. But how now, like, our expectations of free agent signings uh, are a little different.
3: Yeah, uh, Jason Capono, great pick. He Listen, he would go on to to shoot 48% from three that year.
1: He was like, Jason Capono is a perfect late 2000s NBA player in that he was good at literally only one thing. But like, that was enough to give him a full career.
3: What a, what a world! Jason Cupono, I mentioned, shoots forty eight point three percent on one and a half attempts per game. <laughs> 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 Unheard of percentages, and he t- he shoots the ball twice a game. Come on, Un- and he was
1: and he was like he made real money and had a real career off that.
3: Unbelievable. Uh, Carlos Alfonso, Jamario Moon. Remember Jamario Moon?
1: I do remember Jamario Moon. One, um, of, one of the more frustrating. Uh, raptors of all time you always, he was very emblematic of this era of the raptors of like uh if he could just play better defense and shoot the ball better and be better at dribbling he could be something yes but, uh he won a dunk contest though
3: to your point about Capono, you know jamario moon could jump that was his like he could really really jump was his like singular skill that got him 75 starts uh <laughs> Holy Christ. Uh, so anyway, 41 and 41, they, they go into a series against the Orlando Magic and prime Dwight Howard. It's a good magic team. They really were sort of ahead of their time. Uh, Howard, Richard Lewis, Hedo Turk, Jamir Nelson, Nelson, uh, Mo Evans, Keon Dooling, uh, Keith Bogans like that. They, they basically just surrounded Howard with shooters. It would, it would work out a few years later, but I was at. Game four of this series, I believe, if I'm looking at the time. Yes, it's a 3 p.m. start. I went to this game absolutely irate that they would not foul Dwight Howard more. Dwight went one for six. <laughs>
1: That's right. I do remember that
3: from the line and it was like clear that he didn't want to be there. And they they wouldn't hack a Dwight. Uh, they ended up winning by 12. One of those ones where you go and you get drunk and you scream your head off. And then it's 530 and you're outside the stadium and you're like, oh, now I'm really <laughs> tired. <laughs>
1: Uh, my memory from this series is I was in Montreal in residence, in my first year of university uh, while the series was going on. Uh, and I remember I had one friend in my residence who was a Raptors fan because she was from uh, Scarborough, I think. Mm-hmm. And we were watching, I mean, it was game two was the one that uh, really sort of was my mem- my big memory because, you know, at the time with the, all the Toronto teams being not good this time i living in Montreal. People who knew me and I lived in residence with and my friends didn't really get to see uh, sports fan Jake. But uh, game two was a one-point loss in Orlando uh, for Raptors. And I remember people being like, what happened to you for the last little bit? Because they'd never seen like yelling sports fan Jake before. <laughs> and I was like, it's complicated. Don't worry about it. Uh, but I'll always remember that game as like, it was very fun. It was a very tense game tight game of like, well, if they can win this, then maybe they can come back, which obviously they could not and did not. But uh it was a funny moment that always kind of stuck with me.
0: It's a one possession lead. Put clear the timeline is Calderon. Calderon on the drive. Delfino. Got it. 9.6 uh, seconds remaining. Going for the steal, quick foul here. Chuck Swirsky, Leo Rounds, and then Burke on the score. Parker Six seconds remaining. Bosch for the lead. Remy, no. Rebound. Magic. Ball game
3: over. You got to give them credit. They do sort of go for it the next year. Man. <laughs> Sean Marion and Jermaine O'Neal are, are your two big additions. I remember being 100% convinced Jermaine O'Neal was going to be the answer. I went to the home opener that year because I wanted to see Jermaine O'Neal. But it turns out having Jermaine O'Neal and Chris Bosh and Andrea Berniani on the floor at the same time, not exactly what you're looking for in terms of an offense that can ever score ever. <laughs> and they were also bad defensively. How's that
1: possible? Yo, they were so bad. I will give Brian Clangelo very small amount of credit. Uh, he at least wasn't afraid to throw random things at the wall and see what stuck. <laughs> you know, you have the Jermaine O'Neal experiment this season. Did not last you very ma- long. You obviously have the famous Keto-Turkaloo experiment, I believe, the season after. and It was really, it really did seem like, it's a real, a real Toronto tragedy is that the Raptors and Maple Leafs could never quite figure out how to build around their, like, universe stars. Your Chris is your Matt Sundines, A-all.
3: Your 2008-2009 is a really interesting list of transactions. In July, it's TJ Ford and Roy Hibbert, by the way, and Rasha Nesterovic to the Pacers for Jermaine O'Neal. And then in February of that year, Jamario Moon, Jermaine O'Neal, and a pick to Miami for Sean Marion and, and Marcus Banks. So... Jermaine O'Neal does not last very long with your Toronto Raptors, which is sort of interesting. All that is to say it ends the 2009 draft. Ninth overall pick is DeMar DeRozan. And we go from one era of the Raptors quietly to another as as I can't believe that's the only amount of time that Jermaine O'Neal played on this
1: team. (laughs) Sean Marion's a real uh, trivia answer. In his career playing in Toronto,
3: they traded for Jimmy O'Neill and played him forty times, and then and then traded him. That's
1: that is quite like can you imagine that happening today.
3: Unbelievable!
1: Imagine a team just cutting like not saying it was even necessarily the wrong move, but just like a team cutting bait that quickly today on a massive deal like that would be.
3: Unheard of. That's crazy. That's crazy. Basically That's crazy. trading him as soon as he possibly can. But it, listen, it didn't work. They also uh, would fire Sam Mitchell 17 games into this season and bring in Jay Triano as your new Raptors head coach. 25 and 40 Jay Triano would go the rest of the way. This team obviously uh, at 33 and 49, even with the brutal state of that Eastern Conference, they do not make the playoffs. They are fourth in the division behind the Nets and the Sixers, who are 500, and the Celtics, who once again, 62 and 20. And of course, the Cavs, 66 and 16, as LeBron really came into his own. This was also the year the Magic went all the way to the finals. The the year after the Raptors lose to the Magic go all the way. So you were looking at, you know, a fairly decent uh, little team that the Raptors lost to the year before.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I always remember the Sam Mitchell firing in that season, you know, those three, you know, they lost three in a row all by like 15 plus. It's the December 2nd game against Denver. And they lost 132 to 93. And they were only eight and nine at that point. because was like, maybe the writing is on the wall for this one. A weird season. Very weird season. And then the next year, as you point out, with DeMar quietly turning the page, there's a game. I'm going to try and find it. It's my lasting memory of this season. I remember Bosch was hurt for the last few games this the season.
3: Right. And they almost April, accidentally made the playoffs.
1: Yeah. April 4th uh, against Golden State. The Raptors are 38 and 37 going into this game. They would miss the playoffs by one game. 38 and 37 going into this game. They lose by one point to the Warriors at home. Bosch has a wide open layup. And I believe the ball went off his hands and out of bounds. Yes. They would lose the next four after that game and then win the final two and miss the playoffs in one game. I'll always remember that ball going off Bosch's hands. Because it was both a crushing way to lose. But also there was the elephant in the room of was that the last time we saw Chris Bosch.
0: Everyone standing.
3: He makes it. So he makes it. The Warriors just have to get the ball inbounded. It. Throw it way down. Oh my word. It's stolen.
0: Bosh misses, the Warriors win! Throw the ball down at half court. I cannot believe they involved it in front of the Toronto basket. Don Nelson gets win number
3: 1,332, tying Lenny Wilkins for the
1: most wins of all time.
3: They they would turn the page in the decade, the, the beginning of 2009 season, just to sort of get keep track of what this roster looks like. They trade Chris Humphreys, Nathan Jawai, and Sean Marion to Dallas. Dallas trades Jerry Stackhouse to Memphis and Cash to the Magic and Devine George and Antoine Wright to the Raptors. The Grizzlies trade Greg Buckner to the Mavericks and the Orlando Magic trade Haydu Turkaloo to the Raptors. They signed Jarrett Jack. They trade for Marco Bellinelli. They trade Carlos Delfino for Amir Johnson. They signed Pops Mansa Bonsu. And they draft Ed Davis at the end of this season. So we start to see the beginning of the young guns, those Raptors, that Raptors rookie year. And then, you know, that next season, 2010, Chris Bosh leaves for the Miami Heat and they get their pick back that they had sent in the Marion deal, which turns into Jonas Valanciunas.
0: necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It's interesting to me how many of these guys were Colangelo guys. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, they feel like not because they achieved success after he left. But uh,
3: yeah, um, in 2011, they they draft Jonas fifth overall, and they hire Dwayne Casey at the beginning of the 2011 season. Setting off the beginning of the Dwayne Casey era the next year, not nearly as sort of influential. They they end up drafting Terrence Ross that next year. And then we are basically into Masai slash Kyle Lowry time shortly after. Well, the Rudy Gay trade happens in 2013, but I think 2017, or uh, probably me, 2012. Leading after that Rudy Gay here is, is a nice sort of place to close the book on this era of the Raptors with Bosch leaving. Uh, you said it, sort of, it, is, it is a bit of a crime that they never really put the right pieces around Bosch. But it also speaks you see him go off to Miami, right? And he is a clear number three on that team. It also I think Bosch is a guy who has a really interesting history with this team now because it's been 10 years, uh, maybe 11 years since he was a Raptor. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, man, he's going to go down as an all time great Raptor. But I don't know that he has. I don't know that history has remembered him as any, somebody that did much for the team or as much as it felt like he was doing other than sort of shepherd them through a year where they uh, they didn't really do anything. Right. I mean, he was listening as a Raptor. Yeah. He was a six time all star from 2005. To 2010 he was an all-star every single year Pardon me, five-time all-star but uh, and it would make the all-star team every year the rest of his career after starting in 2005 but yeah I, what is your sort of impression now on on where bosch goes in raptors history because i remember at the time thinking oh he's gonna end up being a no doubt top three guy but now damar and kyle and uh you know even vince the, is he top
1: five Yeah, I think that Bosch's legacy, such as it is with the Raptors, is complicated for all the reasons he said. I think also there was a real, I will say, unfair and incorrect sense around Bosch while he was in Toronto Mm -hmm. that he came from the draft of LeBron and Wade. And who went three that year? Was it Melo who went third that year?
3: Darko. No, Darko went two. oh, pardon me, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, so, so Bosch what went fourth, didn't he?
1: Yeah, so it, it was, was it was it was
3: LeBron, Darko, Wade, it was, Carme-
1: oh, it was Carmelo. Oh,
3: yeah, so that's like Mellow, Mello that's 30. right, Melo. pardon yeah. me.
1: So I because he was picked in between Mellow and Wade, who immediately transformed their teams, Wade especially. I feel and obviously LeBron, but LeBron's different, yes, I feel like. He was always looked at, at least in my circles of dumb people, it was kind of looked at as he was ne- very similar to DeMar in a lot of ways and that he was a great player, but he wasn't good enough to transform the franchise and be the guy to like bring a title or something to Toronto. And maybe that's true to some extent, although I think that's more of a function of the way the league worked at that time than anything to do with Chris Bosh, because like Chris Bosh would be one of the best players in the world. In today's NBA.
3: Yes. The part of his story that makes me so angry is he retires at 32. And it's like, you cannot name me a guy who would have been a better stretch five once the three point revolution took over. Like there's just he would have been perfect from 2016 to 2019. He would have been perfect.
1: And so I think that's part of it that he was always sort of viewed as like, well, maybe we should have got Wade in Toronto. And I think also the fact the team was shit. For the most part, other than that one year, which we're talking about here, the team was bad the entire time he was here.
3: They didn't want to play series. And
1: yeah. And he didn't he never had that moment as a Raptor, which, like, to be fair, not many people have had. Yeah. As a Raptor. So I think that it's hard other than Vince. I think there's a decent argument to made that none of the top five Raptors of all time come from Bosch's era. It's all, you know, the Kyle, Demar, Kawhi era. Yeah, and that's fair because that's happens when you win.
3: Yeah, in, in terms of win shares, Basketball Reference has him uh, as number two all time for the Raptors with sixty one point eight, behind Kyle, of course, just ahead of Demar. But uh, I don't. I, I certainly wouldn't argue that Chris Bosh is a better actor than Demar Derozan. I just
1: no, but I I think your point is a good one in that because of all the noise and the team being so bad. I feel like how good Chris Bosh was as a Raptor is sort of overlooked.
3: Yeah, absolutely. he was so good, and in and, and in that draft class, third in win shares, even though Melo and LeBron are still playing, uh, third behind LeBron and Wade. So certainly not a disappointment. Fourth overall, and ended up being a multiple time NBA champion. That is where we close the book on the Chris Bosh, uh, Brian Colangelo, Sam Mitchell era of the Toronto Raptors. A team that I think at the time. I thought I would remember more fondly than I did. I think at the time it was like, man, this mm-hmm. is a really fun team with a lot of fun guys. And looking back at it, going through this with you, it, it was like, it was the Garbajosas and the bench guys and the names that you just sort of like were around for a year that I remember from this more so than, 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 than even Bosch. And it's, it, you know, I almost remember Mo Pete more, even though he sort of a harkened back to the generation before.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, that's what success brings, right? At the time, this was like they're getting back there. I thought we all thought it was going to be more than it ended up being, I think.
3: Yeah, that is it for another month of Sportsfeld Storytime. We will be back in the next month with a whole new story, a whole new era to look back, make some jokes and reminisce with some great footage. We hope you'll join us as always. Thank you so much for listening to Sportsfeld.